0: slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free then find and book a top rated doctor today that's ZocDoc.com slash drink ZocDoc.com slash drink
1: let's be professionals I can't even see you with this plunger in the way oh timber no we're good okay Oh, no, I can see you. Actually, this works oh, really well. Oh, this is good.
2: Just put the plunger to the side a little bit. Oh, yeah. There it is. Just All like, right. Yeah. What's
1: up? <laughs> We're just going to ignore everything we've been doing, huh? We're professionals. Should I should I lead us into what we just might as well talk about? Yeah, let's just get it out of the way, because I feel like... Let's start, let's start with a good part that people get so distracted with they forget what we're leading to you
2: moved into a new house i did and somehow we managed to find a house in the city of los angeles that we could afford to rent um so yeah here we are and i was like um it's great we have a whole room where we can set up our recording
1: equipment Mm -hmm. you take it away so uh we're in in the new studio guys (laughs) (laughs) yes and uh it hasn't Been posted on Instagram, but we're probably going to post it within the next ten minutes. So you'll have seen it by then. It's the recording studio is just so big that we and Christine doesn't have a lot of stuff because they came from an apartment and now have to fill like this huge house. Because she's going to call it a house. It's a fucking mansion. She like really like (laughs) has it made right now. Our recording studio. Before was inside my kitchen and living room and dining room because it was all one room. (laughs) Yeah, we just sat in the middle of everyone else living their lives and we would record and somehow it always came out relatively quiet. But now we have our own whole room, which is the size of the kitchen slash dining room slash living room that we used to record in. And she doesn't have anything to decorate it with. So it's so empty in here. So we started recording and it was so echoey and you could just hear the reverb. It sounded like we were in a cave. And so I was like, Christine, why don't we just put our master's degrees in audio production to uh, good use? And we rolled out a rug to absorb some of the sound. And I was like, oh, we need some like some softness Mm -hmm. around the walls. Mm -hmm. We didn't have any, so we dug through her boxes of move-in stuff Mm -hmm. and found a children's sheet, (laughs) which is thumbtacked to one side of the wall, and then we have uh, a shelf that has not been mounted yet. Um, We have that holding down the other end of the sheet Mm -hmm. on a shelf over us so we're basically in a pillow fort right now and we have a plastic crate and a plunger in between us to keep like the tp center there's like a plunger in the middle of our faces right now. as i'm looking at christine there's a plunger like two feet away from my face um but we're like in a pillow fort and then we made our intern allison like take a take a a phone cord and tape it to the ceiling oh yeah because part part of the sheet was drooping on me and so we wove a phone charger through it And then we had Allison tape and thumbtack it to the ceiling. So it looks, I mean, for a new recording studio, we are just so professional. I mean, it's, I'm impressed personally. Uh,
2: (laughs) speaking of professionalism, that was my brother coming home. I think at least he's not walking in
1: the room like he would be at the other place. That's true. But then afterwards we're gonna have to show him this. Oh yeah, we will like, see. Come I-. on in, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> We're using your plunger. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah.
2: By the way, don't clog your toilet, kiss. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Anyway, um, how are you? I'm good. I- I'm really pumped about this
1: new place. Uh, how are you? I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah. How's life? It's okay. Nothing great. Well, what? what's wrong? No, I'm just really tired. This week's been so exhausting, and I'm in that zone where like. I'm totally introverted, where I don't want to talk to a single person. Oh no! And so I had a long day of work, a long few days of work in a row, and then all I wanted to do was go home. But then I had to record tonight. And you moved, and now you're an hour commute to me. So once a week, I now have to commute two hours. That is rough. Maybe we should do weekends. Okay. Does that work? I better we can do sleepovers. Mm-hmm.
2: Does that work better? In our pillow fort with plungers. Yeah. I mean, we already have this set up for sure. What more do we need? For sure. Cool.
1: Not so that that's settled. But also, I'm like also being a spoiled brat right now because I drink for really good reasons. Allison took me on a lot of really cute dates. I was going to say, why are you even complaining? I shouldn't. You be. You got a picnic and all that. I know. <sighs> also, I'm not drinking a milkshake today because because I live too far away. <laughs> commute. I couldn't go get a milkshake. I don't so live across the house of it. pies anymore. <laughs> I know we're never going to have house of pies right across the street anymore. Uh, that's rough. Um, I'm drinking. <laughs> Well, we know that
2: (laughs) how's the is it because you're moving do you want to know why I drink oh I do let me tell you I drink because I was setting up this recording studio quote-unquote yesterday and I was moving all the stuff in and I was home alone and I was putting some chairs down and all of a sudden there's a cellar that's attached to this room and the door just click and opened next to me and I screamed Jesus Christ! And I ran out of the room and I haven't been in ever since. And the door is really creepy. I posted about this on the secret Facebook group, which you guys should definitely join if you haven't because it's so much fun. Um, And basically there's a door with like creepy children's drawings on the back of it that we discovered
1: next to our recording studio that goes into a creepy ass basement slash cellar. It really is. It looks like... uh it's like all old wood from the eighties and a lot of it's watered out and looks really gross and dingy. And the staircase down is so narrow that like you're, guaranteed to break your ankle if you ever have to go down there yeah but it's a really creepy well you should take a picture and post it oh i will and, the and there's like
2: i didn't even say it on the facebook group but there's like creepy like there's like a heart that was drawn by a kid and then someone crossed it all out it's
1: so yeah, creepy. it looks angrily vengefully crossed out like yeah. they wrote themselves a love letter and then scratched it and they're like never mind so i was writing about this the door on
2: facebook and yeah. how it cracked open and julie s on facebook wrote you have your very own troll hole <laughs> and i was like what and she's like, by the way, if you call it that, you need to give me credit. So oh, just in sure. case, I'm I calling mean, the
0: troll hole.
1: Well, if I ever find a troll down there, I will lose <laughs> my mind, one. <laughs> to admit myself to an asylum. And three, give julie S julie. credit. Yeah.
2: Well, because when I was little, I played a song on the piano when I was three years old. And it was about like the trolls march or something. And it scared the crap out of me. And then my mom made me get something from the basement. And I was convinced a troll lived down there like because i'm i was three right and i was so terrified at the basement because in my head a troll lived down there and it was like an evil troll so when she said that
1: i was like Oh, no. Well, the perfect mystery will be the first time you ever have to go down that basement and you start hearing that troll music that you used to play no. on the piano. No, M, I no, You just hear it slowly M. tapping. Just <laughs> one so, note. Just one note. One note. Like the way one a three-year-old one would note. play <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Your eyes are watering as I... I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Can we change a Um Do you know any good
2: stories about this place yet? No, I was actually... That's what I was going to do today. I was going to look up the, like... Died the in this house or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or died in house.com.
1: <gasps> oh, uh, my God. Do, oh, my
2: God. Do you think someone died here? I'm sure. I Christine. think they said a majority of houses in the US, a majority of houses in the world, people have died in because, oh I mean, God. there's so, think about how many millions of people die every year. And it's I mean, just logical that people would die in most.
1: OK, well, if you tell me that someone died in this exact fucking room, I will lose my mind.
2: Someone died in my childhood bedroom. <gasps> Mr. Chatfield, he's to steal my retainer oh right that guy maybe his teeth were crooked (laughs) back in my day we didn't have orthodontists anyway all right that's why i drink This place might be haunted, and we're recording it. It's for sure haunted. The second I walked in here, I was like, oh, this is a haunted house. Okay, stop. Are you serious? Yeah. My friend told me she thought the kitchen was, was, something was off with the kitchen, and I was
1: Um, like, there's something off in this whole fucking place, No,
2: there's not. I feel good about this house. Our last place, I did not. I felt like something was weird about that house. That's weird, because I never thought anything was weird in your place. The second I walked in there, I was like, "Mm -mm, mm-mm, mm-mm, I don't want to stay here more than a year. Yep.
1: I'll give you a year, demon. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I will fend you off for
2: an entire year. Anyway. Should we just dive right in? Let's do it. And by the way, guys, people keep asking on the Facebook group why we don't say what we're drinking anymore.
1: Because it's always the same thing. It's always a box of wine and it's always a milkshake. We tried to spice it up. I really, I remember in the beginning, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna have a different milkshake every week." But that's also because I thought we would last like four weeks. Yeah, but we were like, <laughs> we only I have a month find to go. Thirty milkshakes of all different flavors within a mile range of me. <laughs> so, yeah, I just drink box wine because I like it. So, I got my Trader Joe's Shiraz. It's always either Shiraz or the Cab. Yeah. Um. So this was. Uh, a story that got recommended a couple days ago by uh she also recommended the Trans Allegheny asylum. Oh. Oh she got it she's got a twofer here. She's got a twofer. Lucky duck. Uh she wrote to me and said, I don't mean to like be weird. I just like finding things that disturb people so, you know, keep talking about them and I was like, okay. So uh, <laughs> Okay. Okay. So this is from Kyler. Oh Kyler, we love Kyler. And she suggested the San Pedro haunting. Oh, shit. I don't know what that is, but it gave me goosebumps. Okay. Thanks, Kyler. Thank you, Kyler. Also, because I did not have an idea for this week, and Kyler hooked me the fuck up like 20 minutes into me wondering what I should do. So thanks, Listen. Kyler. Just, it's all about timing. We love you guys. Um, thanks for doing our work for us. So the San Pedro haunting is uh, known by the person who was getting haunted in the house. Her name was Jackie Hernandez. Mm-hmm. So this happened in 1988. I have a stupid question. Oh, my. Where's San Pedro. San Pedro? It's all the San way... San Pedro. It's probably San Pedro. I think it's San Pedro. Most people say San Pedro okay. out here. Where is that? It's down by the water. It's what state It's by is Long that in? Beach. It's California.
2: Okay. Oh, my. I don't know anything I about... I used to
1: live right next to San Pedro when I was out in Englewood, Culver City. <gasps>
2: That's right. You were in West LA. Yeah. Okay.
1: I was in South LA.
2: Oh, yeah. South LA. Do you... Where no, are you? No, I don't know why you think that I know these things. I don't know either.
1: I don't even know what's where I am right now, and I live here. So, in uh, 1988, this began in San Pedro, California. And uh, there's a lot of San, San Antonio. <laughs> there are San Bernardino, Santa Clarita. See, I don't know. Santa Ana. Just making excuses. Uh, all right, let's try this again. In 1988, Jackie Hernandez was a single mom who moved into her new bungalow. What? I don't know what a bungalow is. I do. What is it? It's a one story, like a beach type house, but
2: it's only like a one story house.
1: Oh, so that's kind of what I live in. Okay, so we're almost done with the first bullet. Oh, good for us. Yeah. We should celebrate. Right, yeah. What should we talk about to celebrate? Hmm. Well, I know we could drink. Oh, okay. I'll so do that. Jackie was a single mom who moved into her bungalow with her two-year-old son, Jamie, mm-hmm. and she was also pregnant. Oh, no. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. the scariest sorry. part of this whole story. <laughs> that's terrifying. <laughs> she felt a presence in the home right away. And weird things started happening. So there were noises in the attic. Objects would move around. She saw some black shadows floating through the rooms, um, flying orbs, the good stuff. Ugh. Um, Can you
2: imagine being a single mom and you only have two like a little baby with you, you can't even like have a conversation about it with
1: him. Yeah, I, you can't look at the two year old and be like, "You see that fucking shit? <laughs> you see that demon over there?" It's like I don't play with that. You have to play the game of like, "No, there's nothing." Yeah, except kids see stuff more often, which right. means that kid is crying at things you can't see, and then you have to pretend it's not there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um. So at first, uh, like the first real things that she started noticing a lot were like pebbles would fall through the walls. What? which i don't know what that means to i you don't either but like things would just fall from the ceiling that should not be there oh god and they'd fall right on her uh like an anvil and she's wily coyote <laughs> there's like little <laughs> rocks she has a little sign that she carries everywhere <laughs> Oops! <uh-oh. laughs> um, then every night she started hearing a high-pitched sound that hurt her ears and okay. when she followed the sound it was actually coming from the attic where the trap door on the ceiling had opened itself hell the fuck no Um, And that started happening on an every-night basis. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Her bed would repeatedly collapse on its own. Like, the whole bed frame would just fall apart. And she thought she could hear voices mumbling in the attic, but she also didn't want to go near the attic because it kept opening by itself. Her cat would run around the house looking afraid of something in another room and would hiss at things that weren't there. Mm -mm. She's also on different... Uh, in different times seen pencils Fly out of a pencil Holder at her And cans of soda Fly <gasps> out of the fridge At her All by themselves Oh that would hurt Yeah I was like At first I thought They were empty cans And then it said full And I was like Jesus <laughs> That's gotta like hurt That'll that's like, leave a mark Um <laughs> So another time she brought in groceries and found magnetic letters on the fridge spelling get the hell out. What the fuck? That's when I would think it was the two year old for sure. Yeah, for terrible sure. <laughs> twos. Uh, you know, you hear about those terrible twos. She uh, had vivid dreams in which she was a young man in the 1930s being clubbed to death with a lead pipe and drowning in the San Pedro Harbor. I'm sorry. Very specific. What a very specific dream to have. And she would have it all the time and only wake up after she was drowning. Uh, once she heard a sound in the attic and went to check on it with a flashlight and straight up like a movie, it was pitch black. All she had was the flashlight. And she just like, kind of like how in a movie it would pan around as if you were the one looking with the flashlight. Uh -uh. And she turned at the final corner and an apparition of a severed head flew at her. No. Yeah. No. Um, another time her ex-husband came to pick up the baby and he Didn't believe her first when she complained about it and shouted into the house, If there's something here, show yourself. And obviously, nothing happened. And as soon as he left, Jackie went into the closet and found his name written hundreds of times on the closet door. Oh my, what freaking let's go check that, that closet door. I was door. about to say, I'm never open it. Does it say Al because that's the guy's name?
2: I'm never opening
1: that door again. If it says Al the next time we look, I will lose my mind. I'm never opening that again. There was also a glowing cloud that would float around the house at night and try to suffocate her. <laughs> oh. just a gl- Also, glowing cloud sounds nice and I happy. I would almost want to approach the cloud.
2: Thinking like My Little Pony, like <laughs> a little yeah.
1: shiny cloud. But it just floats around. <laughs> and tries to murder and you. And tries to murder you. Eventually, Jackie told her neighbor, Susan, um, because she kind of had to, because eventually she showed up at Susan's ho- house in the middle of the night. Because... She had heard heavy breathing coming from her son's room while he was sleeping mm-hmm. and saw a dark figure of an old haggard man sitting on her son's bed. Oh, my God. And she said she told Susan or she didn't tell me she told Susan. she just told Susan. She told me. <laughs> she, and so this bitch had the nerve to say to me in my face. <laughs> and then she said. <laughs> uh, OK, so she told Susan that she after she heard the heavy breathing and saw the guy sitting there. I guess he was staring at her from his bedroom and down the hall and his eyes were as red as lasers. No, thank you. He also wore red flannel and suspenders. Oh, he's like a lumberjack. Yeah. She actually referred to him as a lumberjack. Great. She watched him from she watched him form from a mist into a face and finally into a full-bodied apparition. And she reported that in the darkness, his eyes chilled her to the core and were, quote, filled with hatred. So it's, like, definitely an evil thing. It's mm-hmm. not just hanging out. Because my first ghost I ever saw was sitting on my bed and looking at me. But it was my grandpa. It was, like, a loving It spirit. was, like, a loving, like, I'm just here to hang out with you while you sleep. Which is the most boring time to hang out with me, by the way. Because I'm a thrill outside of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. I just watched your eyes, like not roll like your eyes eyes rolled you know what i meant <laughs> <laughs> oh man that was a good one um um so it also as soon as she watched it form and stare at her um just as soon as it formed it also vanished and seconds later after it was gone every window shade in the room flew up to the ceiling mm-hmm. great so she ran out and went to go tell susan and so now susan's aware of this so one night she, Susan's over at Jackie's place, and they heard a loud bang from the kitchen and found a picture that was hanging on the wall originally was now leaning up against the counter behind the sink. And the nails that it had been hanging from were now on the table standing up straight on no, their beds. No, thank you. Uh, That's poltergeist shit. Yes. Yes, you're right. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, After yeah. so many episodes, I'm glad you know. I'm learning a thing or two from you. <laughs> Susan told Jackie to at least say something to the landlord. <laughs>
0: He's <laughs> like, good,
1: good call, Susan. Susan, good call. thank <laughs> Susan, God, you're not wrong. You're that person in those like haunted movies who's like the voice of reason. Yeah, and like, but like the first one of like, maybe we should leave. Yes. It's like, uh, yeah, maybe we should listen to Susan. <laughs> um, so the landlord, she told the landlord, and the landlord were the later voice of reasons and suggested calling priests. <laughs> The like, was like, why did Susan tell you to call me? Like, call a fucking priest. Oh, my God. So the priests were skeptical, and the next day, Jackie ended up getting a representative from social services showing up at her house because the priests reported that Jackie was not making any sense, and they didn't believe what she was saying, and she must have been on hallucinogenics <gasps> That's and was... awful. ...and was unable to care for the kids. So once again, thanks, priests, I guess... Um, <laughs> Once again For all the times I've ever needed you This was if not I, the time to call social services on me If I had a nickel for every time Em said Thanks again, priest, I would be <laughs> if a If I had rich a nickel bitch. for every priest that ever helped me I'm my own priest because I'm ordained That's not a priest, my friend I'm a reverend We've had this conversation I know If I had a nickel for every reverend I liked There'd be one dollar in my pocket And it'd have my face on it
2: a nickel. So how many dollars? That, so 20. how many? You have twenty, reverends that you like. I fucked up.
1: I <laughs> know. <laughs> I just wanted you to talk no, about it. No. <laughs> well, then you should have not said anything. I would just kept going. <laughs> anyway, the bottom line is because the priests were not helpful, and they were the only person she thought she could go to. Um, she basically decided she was just not going to tell anyone because no one was going to be able to help her. Poor thing. Also, because her kids almost got taken away. So I yeah, don't blame her. Jackie's friend Tina was babysitting the kids one night and when checking on the baby uh so she goes into the baby's room and the bedroom door opened for her on its own how polite I know and she didn't even think that was weird so she went into the room uh, oh she didn't no so she went into the room and then closed the door behind her no 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 no, no which first of no, no. all if you're ever checking on a kid don't you just open peek your head in and then leave like don't she close straight up the went door. into the room and closed the door behind her she didn't even open the door. Just Yeah. All right. I guess she just assumed it was a, a convenient draft. So Tina's basically the op. Like, like the Tina's f- the one that dies first. Yeah. She's Or like, surprisingly lives the longest because she's just an idiot maybe. and bypassing everything. She just accidentally, she's like the foil to Susan. She just like somehow manages yeah. Yeah, to yeah, not yeah. know what's going on. She's like, whoa, everyone's dead. How did I miss that? And it's Oops. like, you were in the same room, Tina. How'd Tina. Did- anyway. God damn it, Tina. So when checking on the kid, the door opened on its own. She closed it behind her, continued to check on the child, which I don't know why it takes more than a second. And she turned to leave the room, and the door opened for her again on its own. (laughs) She's like, thank you. She's like, wow, kind. Uh, She closed the door, and that was that for the day. She didn't even think about it. I'm sorry, She only reported on it later when she's like, huh, well, you know, it was kind of funny when this happened. And Jackie's like, excuse me, what the fuck happened? God damn it, Tina. So one day, Jackie and Tina are cooking. And then all of a sudden they see blobs of light near the kitchen ceiling. And Jackie tries to take pictures of it, but of course the camera stops working. Sure. And Tina takes the camera instead and takes a picture. But as soon as she presses the shutter, the face of the old man showed up on the screen Mm and then vanished, like, as fast as a flash would. Like, the face was there and then went away. Oh, no. And so Tina described it to Jackie, and Jackie's like, that's the face that I saw on my son's bed. Ugh. Then they were talking about it later while washing dishes, and uh, they ended up finding a yellowish, pus-like ooze in the sink. No. And it was also coming out of the cabinets, pooled on the floor, and surrounded them, but did not actually touch their feet. So just, like, closed in on them. What the hell! I bet Tina was like, "That's funky." <laughs> Your house is so <laughs> weird, <laughs> one of a kind. So finally, Jackie calls for help. She's like, "This is too much." There's a ectoplasm coming out yeah, of my house. Literally. Who did she call? She called Dr. Barry Taff of UCLA Parapsychology Lab. Oh, okay. Uh, and he brought along because I guess he wanted to make a quick buck. He brought a cameraman named Barry Conrad and a photographer named Jeff. Wheatcraft, mm-hmm. and they went to investigate her house and actually documented a good chunk of it and the cameraman barry conrad turned it into a documentary which y'all can see it's called an unknown encounter Ooh! um they experienced during this investigation temperature drops smells of rotting flesh and erratically moving balls of bright light that formed into the shape of a man rotting flesh yes okay uh, my favorite of smells. Just, just checking. They also found the same ooze dripping out of parts of the house. Mid interview, all of the equipment lights would shut down all at one time, or they would go like boom, 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 like they would all go right one after the I other. I don't know which is creepier. The team also heard sounds in the attic that sounded like quote a two hundred foot pound rat running around. I'm sorry. Well, what I'm, just, we... I'm not even getting it. Could have just said a two hundred pound man. Yeah, like a, but I guess rat two hundred pound creature, but. Sure. Just a heavy thing with legs. It definitely had a long tail. (laughs) (laughs) So Jeff, the photographer, went up to the attic to take pictures, because obviously when you hear a 200-pound rat running around, why not approach it? People like us are going to not believe Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) So downstairs, Barry, the cameraman, heard a growl say, get the hell out. And right after he heard that sentence, Jeff in the attic began screaming. (gasps) So Jeff... Um, they find him, and he swears an invisible force grabbed the camera right out of his hands and threw it into the ground. Um, when they go upstairs to look for the camera together, the body of the camera was sitting neatly in a dusty box. no, Without its lens, and the lens was on the total opposite side of the attic, undamaged, right behind the attic door. That is... So totally separated. So creepy. So Jeff tried to get some more photos while he was up there because... I guess, why not in a time of crisis when an invisible thing is damaging your expensive stuff? When a 200-pound rat steals your camera. Yeah, when you find your camera, you might as well keep taking pictures of the rat you can't see. (laughs) Um, But a foul stench showed up, Mm. Uh, another smell of rotting flesh, and Jeff was pushed out of the attic with hands that he could not see. And I bet you Jeff and Tina would be a fucking match man in heaven. He's like, what happened? And Tina's like, I don't know. She's like, oh, golly, you fell. (laughs) Oh, they sound like the worst couple. Jeff to ever and Tina know.
2: better just rent a cabin and leave us all alone.
1: <laughs> so the ooze was actually taken to a lab at UCLA, and really? it was found to be human blood plasma with high levels of iodine and copper. I'm sorry, and they still don't know where that came from or how it was leaking out of the house. Wait, are you kidding me? No, holy shit! Human blood plasma with h- higher than usual levels of iodine and copper. Blaze 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 how does human blood plasma just leak out of a house his answer it doesn't (laughs) exactly end of conversation That's why we didn't really get (laughs) blaze and that's why blaze is not a part of this podcast (laughs) it's like oh your fiance doesn't believe in uh ghosts and that's why we drink i drink for that every day
0: explore new possibilities pleasure zones and find your vibe at funlove.com Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? Maybe your child is too shy to ask questions in front of the entire class, but they can get extra help and positive feedback with IXL Learning. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. This program will improve your kids' grades. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. From studies done in almost every state in the country, the kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. And one subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. If your child is struggling, this is the smartest investment you can make, and a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Additionally, IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And then that's why we drink listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com drink. Visit IXL.com drink to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy thanks to Bark. Every month they deliver toys and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. At Bark, they send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's their fun plush toys from BarkBox or their ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, they give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, they'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com drink. That's right, you can sign up now at BarkBox.com drink for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ziprecruiter.com drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.
1: So the activity continued for several months, but to a lesser extent, which is nice, even though like, they didn't even exercise the house or say anything, they just showed up to piss it off, and then, surprisingly, there was less activity. Maybe it was tired, and it was like, ugh. It was like, I cannot handle Jeff and Tina one more fucking Je- night. Jeff and Tina really took, all, took it out of me. <laughs> so there were still random lights and voices, and the smell of riding flush was less frequent, but still around. Um, one night, the spirit played with the kids' toys Mm-mm. by throwing a beach ball out of the living room to Jackie. Mm-mm. Um, oh, my God. If something... if a bo- Oh, no, no, no. The beach ball flew at her from the living room. Imagine looking at something that's by its, like, standing by itself no. in a room, and then all of a sudden just projectiles itself at you. It's honestly terrifying. And you're the only adult there. Mm-hmm. So then she heard footsteps coming toward her after it threw, after a ball got thrown at her. She heard footsteps coming toward her and felt a heavy being. I guess that's the only way you can say it. Was it a rat? Mm, No. (laughs) Okay. Felt a heavy being sitting on top of her and choking her. (gasps) Uh, So she... God, it wasn't a rat. That would have been even worse. Like an idiot, like Tina... She ran up to the attic instead uh, of out the uh, door. What? Like a classic horror movie. It's like, get out of the house. Don't go somewhere that's even harder to escape from. Yeah. She ran up the attic, saw the apparition as a full body. No. Um, and then it shoved her through the trap door onto the main floor. No, thank you. What I'm door? sorry, wait. There's a trap door. Too. Okay. You know so. like how you go up the door to the attic? Yeah. It pushed her down on through those stairs and onto I the see. main floor. Okay. Yeah, it's weird to call it a trap door when it's the only door. Yeah, it seems strange, but, you know, I get it. Um, so she grabbed her kids and finally got out of the house and called Barry to come back. And the phone line cut out mid-sentence. No! Like a horror movie. This is an actual horror movie. This is an actual horror movie. So, uh... Barry and the other two. Jeff. Jeff. Barry, Barry, and Jeff. I only remember Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Who could forget Jeff? (laughs) Jeff and his camera. uh, So the three of them come back to the house. And on the second trip, the team also filmed small blobs of light that traveled throughout the rooms that they hadn't seen before. But it was just like floating around. Um, Jeff also, once again, typical Jeff, went (sighs) to go uh, investigate the attic. Uh, And this time they brought another guy named Gary. Oh, no, I have a feeling Gary's going to be a dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) Gary kind of saves the day for a second for stupid ass Jeff, though. So really, Gary's mediocre. All right, Gary. I'm sorry. It's just like fumbling around with an idiot. That's what Gary's job is. Okay. So while there, while up in the attic, something grabs Jeff by the neck, Mm -mm. drags him across the attic and pulled him into the rafters. Oh, my God. It put a clothesline around his neck. Lifted him over the rafters and hung him to a nail hanging on the wall that was taller than him. So something was strong enough to pull a grown man down the attic, wrap a clothesline around him, tie it to a nail or and then lift a grown man's body off the ground and hang him on a nail. No. So Gary had to chase him. Fucking poor Gary. He did not sign up for this. (sighs) I feel you. Gary. Also. Well, hang on. We'll get there. So Gary chased him. While taking pictures in the dark Just to try and use the flash to see Jeff Oh, So Gary's a smart one Gary, good job Gary had to pull Jeff off the nail in the rafters And had he not, Jeff probably would have choked Christ alive, what Um, the hell Because by the time they pulled him off There was like a thick red ring around his neck Like a noose, like he was really getting hanged Um, And that was the night that Jackie and the kids left the house And never went back Good So Jackie left San Pedro But the paranormal activity actually followed her And when she and some of the neighbors at her new place were putting a TV away in her shed, the image of the old man from San Pedro showed up on the screen (gasps) like the TV was unplugged and they were moving it and the TV turned on with the man's face. Throw it in a ditch. (laughs) Set it on fire. Set it on fire. Throughout the rest of the night, she heard something pounding from the inside of the shed where they left the TV. Okay, don't ever... Op- okay, I changed my mind. Don't open the Set shed. Set the shed on fire. Set the entire shed on fire. <laughs> she reported to the team. She called them again. Can you imagine being Barry, Barry, and Jeff and being like, what could she want now? It's like, I like, am i don't want to know. Poor Jeff is like, I don't want to go in an attic again. He's like, Please. I can't breathe anymore. <laughs> Jeff is like, I need Gary by me at all times. My throat hurts. So they ended up following her to the new place where there was no attic. So good for Jeff. <laughs> Uh, Jeff and Barry showed up, and they held a séance. And the first conversation they had with a Ouija board. Oh snap! They asked, "How many ghosts are there in here?" And the response was, "Phantoms fill the skies." Uh huh. No, <laughs> no. They didn't. They then said, "Why do you target Jeff?" We all know Jeff asked that fucking question. <laughs> you, yeah, why? Well, like, <laughs> why are you like, picking like, on me? me? <laughs> And then they said he resembles my killer. Shut the f- Then they said fuck why up. do you target Jackie? And they said energy. And they said what kind of energy? And they said dead. And then they said I must go now, the sun has come. I don't like any of this. The cameras are rolling the whole time and they captured nothing. It looks as if they're just sitting there. It doesn't even sound like they said anything out loud. It's just, it looks like a constant <sighs> running footage of them just sitting there not talking. It, wait. like, totally recorded a whole other reality.
2: I have goosebumps. So, wait, when they heard, when they got the answers, was it, like, they audibly
1: heard it, or was it... No, it was all spelled out Ouija oh, board. Oh, on the Ouija board. Right, right, yeah. right. Okay. So their equipment kept inexplicably switching off this entire time, and another spirit that came through on the Ouija board told them that it was the spirit of the man that she kept seeing... And it was a man who died in San Pedro Harbor when he was 18 years (gasps) old in the 1930s, which is the dream that she kept having. Jesus Christ. And his murderer lived in the house that she was staying in. So he was haunting her while the guy who killed him was also part of the house. Jeff, gotta love Jeff. God damn it, Jeff. There wasn't an attic, but they weren't done with him yet. (laughs) They lifted him into the air and threw him <laughs> against the wall. Jeff had to be like, "Are you kidding me?" Jeff's
2: like the kid from Magical cool Bus. He's like, "I knew I should have stayed home today." <laughs> Just like
1: can't escape. He's Arnold. He's Arnold from Magic. He's Soul like, <laughs> "Oh no, <laughs> not again." <laughs> Um, so he was then dropped on the floor unconscious, and when he woke up, he said that he felt something squeezing the inside of his diaphragm before he passed out. I'm sorry, the inside of his diaphragm? Like, his insides. Like, not squeezing around his body and hurting his diaphragm, but, like, almost a hand inside of him. Like his guts. Oh, that's what I feel like every day. Hashtag Crohn's disease. Uh, Am I right, guys? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, after this, Jackie moved several times throughout the years, and the farthest she moved away... The farther she moved away the less frequent her visits with these spirits would be she should have moved to russia or something oh for sure so over time the hauntings actually have ended for her thank god but the original home in san pedro still gets complaint of paranormal activity and no tenants have ever lived there for more than six months no six months yeah holy shit jackie also this is just a fun fact um She has said that when she lived in the San Pedro house, there was a ball of light that once appeared to her and she followed it and it took her to a graveyard 13 blocks down from her house. (gasps) And it hovered over one grave and the stone marker was John Damon. So after this whole seance and everything, after digging through records, she identified that uh, the spirit that came through in the Ouija board, his name was Herman Hendrickson. And he had drowned in the 1930s. And the picture of him was the picture of the guy that she had seen in her dreams. Oh, no. So that was one of the guy, one of the spirits that had been following her around was the guy who died. Right. As for the ghost of the old man that kept staring at her on her son's bed, um, Jackie determined it was the man who probably built the home just as a guess, because in the seance it said something about the guy who lives in this house killed me. So she was like, OK, maybe it's the guy who built the right. home. Um, through looking through more records, she found out that the guy who used to build or who built the home and used to live there, his name was John Damon, Ugh. which is the grave marker she found uh-uh. through this white light. And he was only buried 13 blocks away from the house that she lived in slash he built. I just got shells. So the only skeptical part of this that we can find is that if you really look at the records, the guy that drowned Herman Hendrickson, that was the ghost that kept haunting her in her dreams. When he died, he was 28 years old, not eight... He was 28 years old, not 18, like he said on the Ouija board. But a lot of people have come back and said, like, if you've ever used a Ouija board, like, the marker could have been pointing at one or two, and Mm -hmm, you don't mm -hmm, know. mm -hmm. Also, the last thing I'm going to say about this is, according to Dr. Barry Taff, the guy who led this... Right. He was such a douche about this. He said... (laughs) That Jackie was a classic poltergeist victim because <gasps> she had been abused by men and had mental anguish and depression, which made her a perfect, vulnerable victim for negative energies. So he's victim blaming, basically, as the paranormal that, world. For a parapsychologist, he's ev- that's assuming that there's even ghosts, because his next quote is, "There is no such thing as the paranormal." What? It is a misnomer. So Wait, he, so he's a para-what? Parapsychologist. Isn't that about paranormal? Parapsychology is the supernatural. So wait, he doesn't believe in the supernatural? Most people don't. Like when I did my investigations, a lot of them were actually like astrophysicists. Yeah, but and but if they you're wanted a para... Psychologist, Like, doesn't that imply that Usually, you're... surprisingly, if people are in that field, their job is to debunk, not feed into the idea. Of really? It. Yeah. So, like, a lot of people that I investigated with were scientists trying to debunk the stuff that we were doing. So, what's his point in that statement? Basically, that there's this one theory um, called recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis, which um, I think it's called RSPK. I haven't really talked about it in a while, but... I think the original idea of it is that there's no such thing as the supernatural. It's just us using either our third eye or, like, the other 90% of our brains that we don't know that we're capable of using. It's, like, us conducting enough mental energy to actually do these things. And because we don't have explanation So it's coming from more within ourselves. Correct. Okay, gotcha. So he doesn't think there's anything paranormal about any of this. He actually thinks that she had a crush on... The photographer... No. God forbid. I really hoped it was Jeff. Jeff is Tina's man. (laughs) Yeah, Jeff and Tina. It's a love triangle. (laughs) Um, They think... He said, well, Jackie really liked the cameraman Barry Conrad. And every time that she wanted to get close with Barry Conrad. He was always around Jeff. And so she was mentally trying to push Jeff away and was causing all this shit to happen to him. Like how petty do you have to be that you can mentally hang someone in an attic to keep them away from your man. That isn't your man, but is your man. I think, A lot of people wish they had that strength. Trust me, if I had that strength, I I would, I I, wouldn't. What would would you do, Em? Let's never mind. Let's skip
2: that. (laughs) Let's just
1: say if someone was ever hitting on Allison in front of me, if I could conduct that kind of mental energy, I would for sure drag them through an attic. You think? If I could, I would. If you could, but right. So I don't think like. So I think Dr. Barry Taff is full of SHIT. You know what
2: I think. Me. I think Dr. Barry Taff had a little crush on Jackie and or Jeff. Maybe Jeff. Ooh, we don't know. I'm not Jeff. Uh, Barry, the one that she had a crush yes. on. And maybe he was like being petty himself. Like, yeah. Oh, she just was...
1: It was a double petty. Trying too hard. Anyway, the truth will never be known. However, there is an update that as of 2008, people still aren't living in the house for more than a couple months. Yowza. So the best part of my story... There's more? Yeah. Because gary was taking pictures to use the flash Uh uh-huh he got pictures of jeff getting hanged (gasps) yeah what so if you go online and look up i'm scared the san pedro haunting and look up like jeff getting hanged (laughs) it's there and there's like all these shots that gary got of him getting hanged like mid drag what are you kidding look Okay, you gotta, if I get,
2: if I die, please erase all of my,
1: uh. (laughs) Yeah, so Gary was not a good friend in the sense of, like, if your friends die, you have to clear their internet history. Yes. Like, this guy left all of the almost murders. (gasps) Oh my god. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh
2: my god. Yeah. Em, why the fuck did you make me look that up? Click (gasps) them. No, I won't. (laughs) (laughs) Make them bigger. Em, I'm fucking freaking out. What is this? I want to see.
1: Delete it. No, no, no. No, X out. That's him. Set my computer on fire right now. <laughs> so that's him getting dragged up on the rafter. Remember, he, he was getting hanged on the rafter. Um, so then, this was them trying to pull him down afterwards. This is right before they tried to, like, pull him down. And so all these other videos... So, like, if you were to go Google, what did you Google image? Well, I can't read what you Google San image. Pedro Haunting. Okay, so if anyone Google images San Pedro <laughs> Haunting... You'll see a bunch of stills that look like it's a home video That's because remember they were Filming all of this So there's actually in that documentary That Barry Conrad made A lot of it is footage from that night So he has There's footage of them walking through the house and everything And then there's a bunch of stills that Gary got When he was trying to go save Jeff And Jeff is Definitely hanging So that is that That is creepy as fuck Yep that really creeped me out
2: yeah, and I don't even think it's just this room with the creepy
1: cellar. I mean, what's truly as a child, as with the heart and mind of a child, what could be scary when you're under a pillow fort? I think that's what it is. The plunger in it's the middle the of us. We mm-hmm. could yeah, we can get ourselves out of any old situation. It's kind of like a Captain Underpants theme we've got going on. It really is. Yeah. We've got an empty crate, a children's bedsheet you don't even have children. What, where's this children's? Uh, I is this think, from when you were a child? I think my mom was like, oh, here's a bunch of sheets. And we just like
2: have a pile of sheets that we never use. Well, thanks, Renata, for this opportunity. Renata, thank you for the sports-themed bed sheet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like football's on the yeah. side. <laughs> As you know, we're a very athletic family. Right, of course. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Listen, I got a wild ride for you today. You ready for some crime? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the story of Jack Unterweger, or if you pronounce it in his Austrian name, Mm -hmm. Unterweger. But I'm not going to say that. What's the difference between an Austrian accent and a German accent? Austrian accents have a much more like uh, rolled R, like they make a sound.
1: Oh, okay. I don't know, because you said it and it sounded very German. Oh,
2: it's, I mean, they speak German. It's the same language. They just have a dialect. Oh, okay. Anyway. Are you
1: weird with spiders? Because there's one climbing up a web on the plunger.
2: Oh, my. Where? Oh, yes. Oh, he's a little babe. All right.
1: I don't know if you're, like, weird about that.
2: Nah, I don't really care.
1: Okay. I mean. Remember that, Oh yeah. With, remember when you put a gnat on your finger and you just, like, let it
2: hold you? I rescued it. It's a baby gnat. It wasn't, like, going to hurt me. All right. We'll talk about this another time uh-huh. with our therapist. Right. All right. <laughs> I'm surprised we don't have a therapist yet together. We should probably get one. We'll talk about it. So, Jack um, Unterweger was born in 1950 in Graz in Austria. His mother was a Viennese barmaid, which the first time I read this article, I was like, Vietnamese barmaid? Yeah. Viennese. Viennese. I understand. A Viennese barmaid and waitress. Did you know Vienna is my favorite city in the whole world? No. Now I'm learning things about you. Fun fact. Um, That's where I want to move someday. Oh, no big deal. His father was um, an American soldier who had been stationed in Italy, and she had met him in Italy, mm-hmm. and they had gotten together, and she got pregnant, and he Ooh. peaced out. So oh. she was really young, um, so she uh, abandoned Jack when he was a baby with and left him with his grandpa okay, and his grandpa's wife. Um, she had her own struggles. He, uh, Jack later said that his mother was a sex worker. It's kind of like debated whether she was or not. Or
1: whether he's just like being vengeful. Exactly. Or
2: whether he's right, like making stuff up. Um, but when he was three, his mother was arrested for fraud and he was sent to live with his grandfather. So according to him, um, it's a similar sort of thing where he claimed his father or his grandfather was a violent alcoholic. Um, and it's kind of debated among people, whether that's true Um, or not right or whether it's true to the full extent um and he said that his grandfather often brought sex workers around and would have sex with them in their shared bed (gasps) right oh no fucked up so either way he kind of just had a it sounds like he had a fucked up time um he started a life of crime really young uh when he was 16 he was arrested for assaulting a sex worker and um he was in and out of prison throughout his young adulthood for petty crimes. So between the years of 1966 and 1975, he was convicted 16 times. Holy crap. Like convicted 16 times, uh, mostly for sexual assault. Oh, shit. And he spent most of those nine years in jail. So he spent a lot of time in jail as a young adult. In December of 1974, Unterweger was 24 years old, and he had a girlfriend named Barbara Schultz. (gasps) Uh Oh, Schultz schultz there's an o oh okay close schultz. which is weird because the na- other name in this exact paragraph is schaefer <gasps> oh my god that didn't even occur to me oh no schultz and schaefer instead of schultz and schaefer
0: it's about us shut the
2: fuck up i hope not oh my god <laughs> i sure as hell hope not oh my god <laughs> okay in december of 1974 he and his girlfriend barbara schultz schultz kidnapped an 18 year old named Margaret Schaefer. Oh my! And took her into the woods where they tied her up and assaulted her. Oh my! Unterweger demanded sex from her, and when she refused, he beat her to death with a steel pipe (gasps) before strangling her with her own bra straps.
1: Oh no! Oh no! Schultz
2: broke down and confessed to the crime, or confessed the crime to the police, Um, and then Unterweger was arrested in 1976. And when he was on trial, he told the court, "Quote." I envisioned my mother before me
1: and (gasps) I killed her. Oh shit. So he literally admitted to Wow. Like he's basically, he should have just said into a megaphone, I have mommy problems. Yeah. He has mommy issues.
2: faux show. And he basically, one, one article I read said he pictured his mother and couldn't stop beating this woman until she was dead. Yeah. So anyway, he was arrested and convicted of that. uh, And he was sentenced to life in prison. He was actually illiterate. So he had grown up, um, he actually was a pimp during his teenage years. And Hmm. he had done a lot of theft. um, And that's kind of how he had gotten by as far as money went. Right. So he had never learned to read or write. And so when he was in prison, he taught himself to read or write. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, got like really into it. And um, he actually wrote plays, poems, children's stories. In 1983, he wrote an autobiography called Fegefeuer oder die Reise ins Zuchthaus, which means Purgatory or the Trip to Jail, Report oh. of a Guilty Man, Ooh. in which he talked about his struggles as the son of a sex worker. So that's kind of where he said his mom had been a sex worker and had abandoned him, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, the hardships he suffered in prison. So within one year, the book became this huge bestseller and he became famous for his writing. Um, people nicknamed him the Poet of Death because he wrote oh. a lot about like his experience with death and his relationship to death. Um, and he, it was just really weird. It was in the 1980s at this point. And um, in Austria, there was this big movement among intellectuals for prison reform. So there was this whole social movement of like we can reform prisoners and all they need is a second chance. And um, it was mostly intellectuals, uh, journalists, the socialists leaning parties who were like, we can fix these people and they can right, right their wrongs and they deserve a second chance, essentially. Um, so uh, Unterweger used this to his advantage. So he uh, saw that, I mean, so his autobiography basically exploded in popularity. Um, they were teaching it in schools. Uh, it was a huge deal. He people started touting him as the poster boy of prison reform, basically, Um he was the face of prison rehabilitation. He had essentially, as far as like the public eye went, he had transformed himself from a violent criminal to like this sensitive writer who. Oh, my God. Understood his wrongs and said, I came from a bad background and right, right, I right. understand what I did wrong, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, people throughout Austria basically began lobbying for his release from prison. And he had this huge, like, public backing of, like, um, everybody from politicians to um, famous writers, even somebody who won the Pulitzer Prize in 2004. Like, just really intellectual people who were like, no, like, he gets what he did wrong. We should rally for him to be released. So 15 years into his life sentence, he was released from prison. Wow, what year is it now? <laughs> so it was 1990 at this point. Um, he had basically gained so much popularity as a writer within the Vien- Viennese social and intellectual scene that he was basically a celebrity. So these are some of the, these are some of the things that happened after he was released. So he gave readings throughout Austria and Germany. Um, his plays were performed at national theaters. Uh, he began writing as a reporter for the ORF, which is basically the Austrian equivalent of the BBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on TV talk shows regularly. He was a guest of honor at high society cocktail parties. and Guest those... of
1: honor? Yeah, because he was like the well, poster I remember. boy. He uh, like, put someone in the woods, assaulted them, and then strangled them with her bra straps. Yeah, like Because that. he like had a mental breakdown with his girlfriend. Because she wouldn't have sex with him while she was tied to a tree, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So he became a murderer because someone wouldn't let him become a rapist. Yeah. So let's just all remember that, that he's the guest of honor now. Yeah, now he gets a Mustang uh,
2: with a license plate, Jack, oh. number one, Jack one. Jesus Christ. Uh, wearing designer clothes, there's photos of him in these like weird white suits with like cowboy boots and like, uh big flower. Like one of those weird pastor slash uh, country people, right, country right, singer right. outfits, like a white suit with a yeah, flower. yeah, yeah. And cowboy boots. And he would wear those to, like, these cocktail parties with these rich intellectuals. And he was sort of the guest of honor because he was the reformed. And he was also very handsome, obviously very smart, very white, very... Everything people could latch onto and be like... Right, right, right. Oh. So gross. We can forgive him. Right. (sighs) Very, very gross.
1: (sighs) Um, Oh, plunger. Plunger almost... Attacked one of us. If <laughs> that thing hits
2: me in that, I swear to God. Uh, oh, by the way, if anyone's wondering about the plunger, it is brand new and has not been inside a toilet yet. Huh, just
1: yet. Just putting it out there. This is just its first of many uses. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew this dollar store plunger would be so useful? <laughs> Alright. Um, oh, the spider's coming down down the rabbit hole. The itsy bitsy spider went down the plunger rod. Went down the children's sheet. Oh, 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 I didn't like my singing. I blew at it. That was probably oh. rude. So wait, I'm sorry, you blew a spider into my direction. <laughs> <laughs> you <a> fucking asshole. <laughs> uh, good times. Okay. <laughs> so
2: at this point he was wearing designer clothes, driving a Mustang, had the license plate jack one. Basically he had kind of absorbed his new life very quickly. Yeah, he seems to not hate it. Yeah. It was it was not not horrible for him. Uh, so pretty soon he began crime reporting. So people were like, oh, you can write for Austrian news and like report on crime because you're a reformed prisoner. So you have a unique, a quote, unique perspective. Okay. Uh, so they let him basically be a crime reporter. God. He was touted as an expert on criminal rehabilitation. So they basically thought he was the perfect fit. Um, he were he at one point was working on a streak of murders that was happening around the area targeting sex workers, and was a harsh critic of the police and how they handled the case. Uh, little did they know he was reporting on crimes that, that he, he was committed. committed. It's <laughs> the perfect storm. Damn it! I wanted to shock you. It
1: just seems too.
2: It just seems. I know.
1: Too good to be true. I was going to
2: go on further, and I was like, there's no way Em's not going to realize what's happening.
1: No, as you said the sentence, you got me. You I got know. me. So. It's very Catch Me If You Can. It is, which is my favorite movie.
2: It's actually a very good movie. It's a great movie. Um, Yeah, so essentially, he was literally criticizing police on their handling of cases that he was involved
1: what in. What a dream for him to be, like, this Adonis. Mm-hmm. In the limelight, yeah, and people are giving him whatever he wants, and then he now has a job where he is expected to report on and bully, essentially, mm-hmm. and like make fun of the authorities for not being able to catch him. Yeah, isn't that wild? While he's also like being seen as this like wonderful, isn't that crazy? High honor
2: like an artist and a whatever he wants to be. It's just crazy. It's like the dream job for a narcissist. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So he somehow got
1: himself You're getting glorified and you get to make fun of people for not for like putting the wool over their eyes every Uh time while you're committing the crimes you want to be committing.
2: Yeah. So it's like you get everything you want out of it. Um, so yeah, it was just like the most narcissistic thing where he was like in, in front of everyone's eyes and wasn't getting caught. So, uh, at one point, uh, so the first murder occurred four months after his release from prison. So he'd been in prison 15 years. Within four months, he had he murdered somebody. Shit. <sighs> he was in Prague researching a magazine article on the Red Light District when a Czech sex worker named Blanka Bakova was strangled with her own bra. Oh, my God. Sound familiar? Over the next <laughs> six months, uh, Unterweger murdered seven other women in Austria over six months all sex workers, and all strangled with their bra straps.
1: Oh, right. So, like, this, like... It's,
2: like, his thing. Right. Um, He dumped most of their bodies in the woods outside Vienna or Graz. Police in Vienna grew suspicious of Unterweger, and because they didn't have any other leads, they turned to him as their main suspect. So, at one point, they realized he had been to the U.S. uh, recently in June of 1991, Because he had been commissioned to write a piece for the ORF, which is that like BBC for Austria, uh, on crime in Los Angeles. So they called the LAPD and said, you know, we have this guy that we're looking into. Basically, Interpol got involved and they said, do you have any um, open cases of sex workers who had been strangled with their underwear, with their bras? Mm -hmm. And the LAPD said, we have three within (gasps) a one month period. Oh, shit. And they looked, and it was the month that he had been in Los Angeles reporting on prostitution in Hollywood. Oh, my gosh. Um, So, in addition to being strangled with their own bras, it turns out they were also assaulted with tree branches.
1: Oh, my God. Apparently, uh,
2: he had been commissioned to write a piece on... um, prostitution in hollywood he'd actually been on several ride-alongs with cops the lapd had let him sit in the cars and they showed him all around the city showed him where the sex workers were stationed where they worked gave them kind gave him kind of the underground like everything everything all the cake and he ate it too he was the most yeah yeah it was like a again a narcissist wet dream he basically got led around trying to quote unquote write an article on crimes he was about to, and they commit. were just taking him to all the hotspots, mm-hmm. and they gave him all the like information on where they worked and where you know where they would get picked up and etc cetera, etc cetera. um basically gave him an up-close look at prostitution in yeah. la um and guess what hotel he stayed in fun fact
1: uh i don't know
2: the cecil hotel Oh, no, I would have not guessed that. Belisa Lamb drowned in the water tank. Mm. Richard Ramirez, the night stalker, stayed, and the black Dahlia stayed there. I would just stop working at the Cecil Hotel. before her murder. I'd just be like, nah. But yeah, so that's where he stayed, which is just adds to the list of.
1: Okay. So basically, guys, our first live tour will be at the Cecil Hotel. Yowza. <laughs> Never mind. Nope. <laughs> Never
2: mind. No, we won't.
1: We can bring our blanket fort to the Cecil
2: Hotel. <laughs> as long as we'll they, fit right in. We'll walk in with a plunger, and they'll be like, listen, we, <laughs> we've seen weirder things happen here. Yeah. So once police realized that um, Unterrigger was connected to all of these crimes, they had enough evidence to invade his apartment in Vienna. But unfortunately, he had caught wind of what was happening, and he had fled with his 18-year-old girlfriend to Miami, Florida. 18. 18. He was 45, 45, 40-something.
1: 40, uh, 40 enough. 40-something.
2: 40 40 too much. Uh, they went to Miami, apparently because she was obsessed with Miami Vice.
1: Well, <laughs> if I were to go to Miami,
2: same. Can you imagine being the girlfriend being like... Oh honey, I, I just I'm obsessed
1: with the show. Just take me to Miami. Oh like, my god. What the fuck? It's like couldn't you be like invested in something that's like in Rome or That's France. what I was wondering.
2: I just love that Owen Wilson movie, Midnight in Paris. <laughs> You're obsessed, Blaze the Eiffel Tower. Blaze. Blaze, <laughs> Blaze. Uh he okay. So basically they went to Miami. Apparently he wasn't so when he murdered all these women, he basically Somehow managed to not leave any sort of trace aside from just their bodies. So there was a long time before they obviously even realized what was happening. Mm-hmm. But when he was on the lamb, Apparently he was terrible at it, and they just immediately followed his credit cards to the hotel he was staying. In. Oh god! So he was not smooth.
1: Well, also it's a very narcissistic thing. Eventually, yes. You eventually just get so cocky yes. that you're like, oh well, they won't find me no matter right. what. You're ultimately going to get caught. Yeah. Exactly. You throw like you're just mm-hmm. rubbing things in their face, and eventually one of them's going to stick. That's mm-hmm. so true. Like he was so
2: in everyone's face. So they caught him pretty quickly. Um, they extradited him to Austria. The entire time he proclaimed his innocence, he said he had nothing to do with it. Uh, he was charged with 11 homicides. And oh, he was shit. 11. And he was found guilty of nine of them. On June 29, 1994, Unterweger was sentenced to life in prison. Again. Again. Um, I read a New York Times article that said when he was being tried for his crimes, 20 women sat in the courthouse public galleries weeping. Mm. Because they were convinced of his innocence.
1: <gasps>
2: no. Because he was so narcissistic, charming. And the right. typical so- yeah. psychopath, like he was charming. He was handsome. He was so slimy that he was able to, uh, it was mostly women that he was able to rope in and convince that he was right. just a god and had yeah. nothing to do with any of this. So he had 20 women in the public gallery just sobbing when he was uh, convicted because they were all convinced that he had nothing to do with it. And one woman even said, with the work that he had written, he had to be made of love. There's no other way that he had written, like, the writings he did. Unless he was full of What f- an idiot. Full was of her love. name Tina? <laughs> <laughs> Tina and Jeff were there. Tina and Jeff were weeping <laughs> tenfold. <laughs> Jeff was, like, trying to take photos, but his lens just kept flying across <laughs> the room. He was, like, getting dragged around the attic. <clears throat> oh, yeah. for sure. It was just a hard time for everybody. <laughs> Um, <laughs> okay. So the DA's office, so basically he was convicted of nine of the murders. So he was sentenced to life. Um, the DA's office celebrated the victory. They went out, they partied till 3am. They were so excited that they had, you know, put him away mm-hmm. for good. Um, the next, they partied till three in the morning. The next morning they found out that, um, hours after his conviction, he had turned a cord from his pants into a noose and hanged himself in his prison cell. And um, he had said before, when, when his, somebody asked him, what do you plan to do? He said, I plan to appeal this this ruling. Mm. And since he had killed himself um, before the court could hear an appeal, his guilty verdict is not legally, bl- legally binding. So because he said he was going to appeal and then he died. Yeah. He's not guilty in the eyes of the law. Oh, what the fuck? So all of the family members...
1: And people they who don't hate. get that peace or mm-hmm. that justice, mm-hmm. which is such a narcissistic thing to do, too, of like, oh, I'd rather kill myself and know that I'm the one that wins. Yes. Yes. I think um, a politician at one point called it his
2: best murder because he just yeah. was able to just erase everything. Yeah. It's awful. It doesn't give them the chance to have closure or anything. That sucks. You're right. Like, he wins because he got to make the decision. Because he
1: knows that everyone else is still sad and he holds all mm-hmm. the power. And nobody else got to end his life. He ended
2: his own yeah. life. Yeah. So that's what happened with him. Um, And John Malkovich played him in a play, I believe, a theater play. Oh, wow. That uh, premiered in Malibu, I believe. You guys. What? At the end of every episode, it's always you guys. You guys, listen. 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 Listen Listen to me right now. (laughs) Stop what you're doing. When does this come out? So this comes out the 24th. Uh Um, So we have... Exactly one week. So the next episode comes out on the same day that the listener episode comes
0: out.
1: Okay, good. So let's all remember that. You have a week to send in more stories. Week- also, I'm still super excited for our next Facebook Live event. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was thinking about that again. I'm so excited. What do you think? Like, it'll be early October.
2: I would say early October because I'm also really excited. I want to do it ASAP. Nice. Uh, we've gotten a lot of orders on... Uh, our big cartel. Yeah. And shop. All of that has gone out this week so you know go go buy stuff if you want um, send us
1: fan letters we haven't gotten a lot of fan mail recently I and know. i i miss it guys guys we just Come want on. presents i'm not saying i'm a narcissist i'm just saying i thrive off of how you treat me so treat me well
0: it's Listen, not that
1: hard don't treat us like jeff or tina <laughs> no treat us like jack treat us like jack you know it's not again not difficult wait to do. which one's jack The narcissist that thrived regardless of however he lived his life.
2: I thought you meant Jackie. So our stories today were Jack Jack and Jackie. And And Schultz and Schaefer. Oh my God, what's happening? Basically, we're, we're slowly inching up
1: to the matrix. No thanks. As we inch closer to my cellar. Yeah, as the door inches closer to us. Creepy. All right. Well, you guys can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, ATWWD podcast. Mm-hmm. You can email us at and that's why we drink at gmail.com. You can find our Patreon. Actually, it's our Patreon donators. Thank you so much. Like, we're actually, like, it's, we thank you all the time, but we're still super grateful. It's unbelievable how much you're helping us. Honestly, you're the reason we can make
2: this happen. I'm not even exactly It's really
1: like when, all the big A-listers out there Are like I do it for you You're you're the ones That give me hope You guys make this possible Thanks it's like, to the fans It's like
2: actually You guys really make no, this truly. possible No truly Like if you weren't there We couldn't have, we, we could couldn't not do, do any of no, this we couldn't
1: um, Also uh, Our shop is And that's why we drink Dot com Our website is And that's why we drink com You can send in your Listeners episodes to us We do them First of every month Is that it? Uh, that's it that's, Oh yeah Yeah Yes Okay oh, Okay all right. Bye. Bye.
2: And, and that's, that's why, why we, we drink. drink. We never say the, the title of our podcast anymore until
0: the literal last second.
1: And, <laughs> and that's, that's why, why we drink. drink.
0: Podcast. <laughs> In a fast paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support